0: This is an IELTS Energy podcast, episode 97, TOEFL versus IELTS, what are you in for? Today we have a guest on IELTS Energy. Our guest today is the director of English Success Academy, an online school that matches motivated students with dedicated teachers for private, customized online lessons. She knows why some students get TOEFL speaking scores of 26 or higher, while others are stuck with scores of 24, and she creates customized exam study plans that actually get results. Our guest today is Jamie Miller. Let's welcome Jamie to the show.
1: On today's episode of IELTS Energy, we are going to talk about some overall differences between IELTS and TOEFL and what they mean for you. Hey, IELTS Energy listeners. We have some special episodes starting today. We are doing a three part series with Jamie Miller, a TOEFL, a TOEFL professional.
2: Jamie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. And so how long have you been working with TOEFL? I've been teaching TOEFL since 2010. Okay. And you have your own, um, your own academy. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. I have an online school, English Success Academy. And there we sell some self study programs where students Mm -hmm. can use our programs for, uh, listening, note taking practice or speaking or writing. Uh, but we also can match students with teachers. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and you, and do you still teach online also? I do, but right now I'm actually developing training programs for teachers so that they oh, feel more great. comfortable teaching TOEFL IBT.
1: Um, so that's something you just said. I think is one of the major differences between IELTS and TOEFL. You mentioned note taking as like you have to practice note taking. Where, where does that fit in in TOEFL preparation?
2: Well, I I wouldn't say that you have to practice Uh, note-taking. And I know some people who have a really advanced level of English, very, very strong listening skills, and their memory is really good. So they don't take notes and they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to. Uh, So it really just depends. It's more about personal style. Because on the other hand, there are students who feel that they really need to be writing things down to remember them. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's more like a supporting skill that people okay. can benefit from on the listening, speaking, or writing section. So
1: oh wow, so all three sections you there's um, there's one of the strategies would be note taking.
2: Well yeah, if you're good at taking notes, then it definitely helps you in all of those sections. That's I think that's probably the biggest
1: difference between. Yeah. Um, IELTS and TOEFL as far as the reading and listening go. Cause for, um, for IELTS, like, there's no part of the listening where there's an opportunity to take notes. Like, it's so, mm. the timing is so strictly defined that you have, um, such a short amount of time to listen to the introduction, look at the questions, focus on the keywords, and then you listen and answer. Like, there's, if I see students taking notes on the listening test, they're missing answers. Like mm. they, and then they just get lost. Like stuff just goes oh, past wow. them.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different then. Yeah, because on TOEFL, what happens on the listening section is that you listen to a conversation between a student or two students and maybe a student and a professor or something mm-hmm. like that or an academic lecture. And it mm-hmm. can last anywhere from a minute to a couple of minutes. And so during that time, actually, some of the academic lectures can be longer than that, like a few minutes. Um, and then after that, they show you all the questions at the same time. Right. Well, one, one after the other. Yeah. So,
1: so our, yeah. So our listeners have to remember that they're, uh, that on TOEFL, they're on a computer the whole time, right? Like, yep. So they're not, they're, they don't have the chance to look at the questions while they listen, you know? So they, they really have to have those strong comprehension skills and memory skills, which I think very few people could listen and not take notes and then like
2: answer all the questions. Yeah. No. And that, that is why, <laughs> I mean, that's why I created a program that helped students take notes because it is something that is a really big obstacle for a lot of people. Um, Like when they're trying to get scores that are, you know, like 80 to 100, anything over like 90, a score of 90, they probably... Need to have the note taking skills. So, and especially for the writing section, which I know we're going to talk about later, um, but mm-hmm. you do actually really have to be able to take notes on the right. writing section. Otherwise, you'd miss out on some really critical points. So, and
1: that's, and that's a skill that, of course, is going to help them on TOEFL for sure, but they're probably taking TOEFL to go to university and they're going to need those note taking skills. So, whether or not you're taking TOEFL, you know, I think if you're heading to university, no matter what test you're taking, you still are going to have to improve your note-taking skills. Because, in, like in a second language, that is. That is so hard. You are trying, you're keeping track of so many things at once and then added on top of that, having to write things down and like almost translate in English from what you're hearing to like a short way of writing
2: it down. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a whole other level of skill. It is a different (laughs) skill. Yeah. Well, and that, that is why I created the program because so many people struggle with it, but I have this 21 day course that teaches you step-by-step step how to develop kind of abbreviation system and code oh, system. Fantastic. And it, it it's something that, I mean, you make it sound, it is scary. Like a lot of students find it really scary. But honestly, there are so many ways that you can improve your note-taking skills that it's, yeah. I mean, I've seen students who actually have pretty low levels of English. They're just right. like intermediate students and they can really improve their note-taking skills. So it's something that you can really practice consciously and it can make a uh-huh. really huge difference. And it does help. Not just at the exam because one of my students is a doctor and he told me that after he finished the Write Notes program, he was going to these meetings at his clinic and, you know, it's like the staff was all meeting together and he started taking notes at the meeting and other people were like, whoa, your your (laughs) notes are like really good. And he was like, yeah, you know, so it's true. It is a supporting life skill. So if you're having a career or something like that, yeah, it's good to have. So,
1: um, is... Are there people that take TOEFL that aren't going to university? Are there any
2: other reasons to take TOEFL? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there is a whole category of people who need it for the U.S. visa system, Um, so that's one reason that sometimes people have to take it for visas. But another reason is that for some professionals, like pharmacists, physical Mm -hmm. therapists, uh, some nurses... Or doctors yeah. who were trained and educated in their home country and yeah. they received their original degree in a country n- that's not America, but now mm-hmm. they've moved to America and they want to pursue their education. Well, not their education, mm-hmm. but to basically get promoted and be recognized as, right. a, you know, a more experienced, knowledgeable pharmacist, physical therapist, nurse, something like that. -hmm. The, the credentialing boards and the certification boards in America require that people have a specific level of English. And so they, they, that board has chosen to use the TOEFL IBT exam as their standard. And in fact, they don't accept IELTS. You have to take TOEFL IBT. So that's funny. So that's like, it, it just depends on which direction
1: you're going. Because if you're, if your end goal is to be a, one of those professionals in America, then TOEFL is going to be required. But yes. on the other hand, I've interviewed American native speakers who are nurses and want to go work in England, in Australia, and they have to take IELTS. Hmm. Even if they're mm-hmm. from, even if they're American, like mm-hmm. native speakers, mm-hmm. these other countries require you to still, um, prove your level of English. And I'm not sure if, uh, because, uh- English-speaking countries have so many immigrants these days. Like, like just by saying you're a citizen doesn't prove you're a native speaker. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's why. But yeah. So if you're if you're in that medical profession and you're looking to go to another country outside of the states, then IELTS is your ticket. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it just depends like which direction. Um. Okay. So. There are many reasons to take both tests. Depending on what your goals are, you have to figure out what's required of you. Um, And there are different skills required for... Both tests. We've talked about the note-taking. Um, as far as question types on – and I'm thinking the reading and listening here because um, I know from IELTS, like there's very specific question types that you're going to see in every test. And then we have specific strategies for those question types, like mm-hmm. multiple choice, you know um, – sentence completion, note completion, there's, you know, very specific ones for reading and listening. Um, is that, that's also true for TOEFL, right? Yeah.
2: TOEFL, IBT's reading section has 10 different types of questions okay. and then the listening section has got six. So probably they're okay. pretty, I'm sure that they're pretty similar to each other, but maybe they the way that they're be. phrased could be slightly different, but they're, I mean, I'm sure they're testing similar skills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you are confused about where to start when it comes to your IELTS preparation you can get the 7 easy steps to a 7 or higher on the IELTS. It's a free downloadable checklist that will help you get on the right track for your exam. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash S-E-V-E-N and we'll see you there.
1: So all TOEFL I know it's all it's all computer based obviously um for the reading and listening do students have to type in their answers or is it all like drag and drop for the reading section it's drag and drop okay yeah and Um, the listening
2: is the same Okay.
1: Cause for, for IELTS, that's one thing that, um, is kind of unfair, I think, about IELTS because it's not just a reading and listening test. It's also a spelling test, right? Cause you have to listen and spell things correctly or else it's not, it's not counted as correct. So on reading and listening for TOEFL, it's all drag and drop. They never have to type in any answers. Not on the reading or the listening section. No. Okay. Okay. Um, and how long is reading and listening?
2: Uh, Well, it actually can depend a little bit on the exam. So they give you a minimum of three reading passages Mm -hmm. and a maximum of four. And you don't know oh, how many... Oh, it's different from test to test. Yeah, it can it can be different. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. not it's not necessarily always the same. It's a surprise when you get there. It's like, oh, you have four reading passages or, oh, you have three. Oh, uh, crazy. So- okay, because
1: IELTS has three passages every test, same number of questions for mm-hmm. each passage. Like, it's always 60 minutes. It's really, it's uniform. Every week, it's the same. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and with TOEFL, it's pretty consistent. It's just not exactly... The same. Sure, sure. Okay.
1: Um, and let's, let's talk about topics a little bit because I, when I first got back to the States, I did teach a TOEFL prep class just because that was the first teaching job I got when we moved back, you know? And and I was like, sure. Yeah, I could teach anything. not Uh, But it's like, it's a whole different test, obviously. So, um, it was, it was a challenge. And I, as I was teaching TOEFL reading, especially, I noticed that the topics were difficult. Like these seemed like, really sort of scientific topics is that is that
2: always true uh yeah i mean a lot of them are pretty high level yeah i mean it's testing like comprehension for university level tests and of course yeah, yeah like for people who want to go do master's programs and things like that so or a PhD for example so they are uh, a lot of science based tests um, there's a complete list I don't want to get super boring about it because I could just like give you a list but um, there are books like the official guide to TOEFL which is created mm-hmm. by the exam prep company and they have a list of all of the types of things that they usually ask about on the reading and okay. the listening section but a lot of it is things like physical 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 sciences, life sciences, or some things about history, maybe some anthropology, psychology. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, academic topics. So there might be some things that are a little bit more interesting, like the history of the cinema or movies or something, but it's still done from an academic perspective.
1: Yeah, that's – I think um – just, just from what I've seen, just from looking at a lot of, you know, the TOEFL test prep books, like the what Delta, right? That's one of the uh-huh. huge, thick ones, and Barrons, yeah. and yep. all those ones. Um, the they the level. Of difficulty, I think is a little bit higher than IELTS just, just for mm. overall, I think, because on IELTS, those first two passages are not, not going to be as challenging. The third passage of IELTS is, is hitting that, that stronger academic higher level. But I think that's, that's more consistent on TOEFL just from mm. looking at the test prep material. Yeah.
2: Well, I would say that sometimes. But see, with the TOEFL IBT, if one student considers a topic easy on reading or listening, it's because they're already familiar with it or they like the topic. But then you could have another student who thinks it's really hard because they're bored or they just dislike that or they've never learned about it before. So I don't know that – I mean – What you think, I sometimes think a passage is going to be easy, but then the student says that it's really tough. And the thing with the TOEFL IBT reading is that the question types have different levels of challenges. So like some Mm -hmm. of the 10 question types are a lot simpler than other ones. And then they have, you know, more challenging question types that they ask on every passage, you know, so there's like a mixture of easy and hard points on every passage. So I
1: think at, I think we should have another episode. It's, it's not going to be part of this three part series that we're doing now. Cause this is more of an overall introduction to the differences, but I think it would be really useful for our listeners to talk about the differences between the question types and the strategies. Cause that's, you know, that's what we need when we're preparing. We need to learn these steps for how to approach the difficult questions and practice this system, you know? So, and I'm sure you do that with your test preparation course at the, the English success academy. So, how about we in another episode, guys, we're going to do a whole talk about um the exact differences between the question types, how to prepare for those and the, the strategies you need to approach those differently. So, let's let's talk about that later. We've we've explored a lot of differences between TOEFL and IELTS already, gave gave you some overall um, looks at at the difference between, um, who uses the test, why people take it. Um, we've talked a little bit about the reading and listening. So we're going to get more in depth, um, at a later date guys. So if you have any questions, please, uh, you can email Jamie. You can go on to the English Academy, the English success Academy site. I'm sure there's a, a
2: contact her link there, right? Yeah, if you go to www.englishsuccessacademy.com, you can click on get started to learn more. Okay, fantastic. And of course, guys, if you have any IELTS questions, please visit the All Ears
1: English, the All Ears English site. Um, you can drop. You can uh, drop Lindsay an email, and you can ask us any questions, especially if you have any further questions about the differences between IELTS and TOEFL, and then we can certainly include your question in a future podcast. So thank you very much, Jamie, for coming on
0: today, um, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Have a good day.